So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episodes two and three of season four, Life After Lockup. On these episodes, Tiffany leaves Kevin after finding strange underwear, Chance tries to claim an unfinished garage is ready for Bobby, Lindsay and Deontay finally meet, a pregnant destiny plots a way to crash Sean and Sarah's wedding, Brittany and Marcelino go to therapy, Puppy gets ditched at Amber's parents' commitment ceremony, Ray asks for blessings from Brittany's parents, and Chaz gets to see Branwyn again despite delayed flights. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? Things are going okay. I had my first teacher work day today. Yeah, and we were out last week. We had a, you know, outage last week. We didn't make, didn't find somebody to come substitute for you. No, I was out of it town. is very difficult amongst my friends to find someone who watches Love After Lockup. And I think part of it has to do with the channel it's on, WeTV. Yes. Most people are like, what channel? I don't, do I get that? I don't know. What are you talking right. about? Yeah. Well, and then even I had difficulties because, um, you know, I was relying on the WeTV website to watch this week's episode and there was some kind of weird internal error. Yeah, that was I, you. You you texted me about it and I was like, well, maybe it's her problem. And no, it was it was it was definitely an internal error. Like, right. And it was there for me and everybody. And like, I'm like yeah. do they not know this is here? Are they going to fix it? What's going on? Yeah. Luckily, Mr. O found me a bootleg copy of it. So yeah. uh, we were yeah. able to do this week's uh, podcast. Right. And that's thankfully we weren't both working and one of us could look for bootlegs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I feel like a bootleg is a pretty much a good transition into any couple. But right. I'm going to start with just because they were only in the first of the two episodes we're covering, and that's Kevin and Tiffany. So after finding panties in Kevin's drawer, Tiffany calls her friend to discuss how to handle the situation. You know, her friend's suggestion is that they just leave it on the bed with a fuck you note. And they both kind of suspect that Kayla is the culprit here. So we get reminded through a flashback that Kevin has been caught talking to girls before. And then we stop in with Kevin at work where he's apparently still getting phone calls from Kayla. We assume he's like, why is she calling me? So he has a discussion with his friend, Mike, who knows firsthand how Kayla can appear out of nowhere because he was there last last season when she just <laughs> popped up out of nowhere at the bar. So Kevin is at the point now where at least he's thinking about blocking her, but doesn't really want to because he's worried that if he does, she's going to decide the next step is just pop up at the house, maybe while Tiffany's there. But and that wouldn't go over well, but little to his, little to his knowledge, because things are already not going the right way with Tiffany, who has decided that these panties are just they can't be his because he doesn't wear a medium. Right. So, you know, she doesn't want to turn back into a crazy girlfriend. So instead, she leaves a note with a, that says something like, well, when you can be loyal or something. I'll come back and leaves the key and then bounces. All right. So question, how long before she's back? Uh, very shortly. I think as soon as she is wore out her welcome somewhere else, because <laughs> I feel like this relationship, she knows what has been happening, right? She knows what kind of guy this person is, but at the same time, it's also a place to stay. Yeah. 
That's true. It, it, it's a bad. It's a it's a roof and a bed. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Also, I ha- I feel like to just peace out and not ask any follow up questions, right? Because how old is this underwear? Yeah, it could be like, oh, that was some girl that I had over five years ago. And I just like, I like keeping the underwear around. Like, you know, it's just a discussion, but I don't know that it's a deal breaker. Right. Like I would need more information on it. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a good look and I don't blame her for what she did. uh, But I do think like maybe there's a small possibility that there could have been a justifiable reason for it yeah i just it 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 doesn't okay so let's go back and think of the scenarios they were in his drawer like folded like in his drawer right so are we under the impression that he had kayla over while she wasn't around Mm -hmm. and she left those right left her underwear he washed them multiple pairs of them put them (laughs) in his drawer and like didn't give them back to her. That's what that's what we're supposed to believe. That's what Hold her angle is. Up. Hold up. Because you know Kayla is crazy. Uh-huh. We've seen her. I would not put it past Kayla at all for her to plant the underwear there because she happened to be at the house to mark her territory. I've actually known of girls to have done that. None of my friends, but trying to, you know do something like with my other friends or whatever, but like planting underwear to make it give the impression to scare off a person like Tiffany. Like she's going to just, yeah. I mean, because the other thing too, is it it, it also is a girlfriend move, right? I'll just leave a couple of pairs of my underwear at your place. Mm -hmm. Right. That that's, that's a, that's a girlfriend move. But so I don't know. It just seems like he also just seems like a person who's too lazy. Like when they were officially going out, she left some she left some here and I just never cleaned them out of my drawer. Like, I could also see Kevin being the type of guy who'd be like, well, girls are over here all the time. Might as well bring some underwear. <laughs> Might as well. Just in case we lose them. I don't know. What I, I rip them is. off. Uh, she has no more underwear. I, I that, yeah. that could be true. He's like, they're emergency ones for yes, things that right. might happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. It, it, it's not a good look, but it does seem like it deserves. I think you're right. Deserves a discussion before a just leaving. Right, right. Okay, so let's move on to uh, I guess a couple we haven't seen yet, except for uh, you know the prior episode and this episode, and that was Puppy and Amber. So Amber is speaking at her parents' commitment ceremony. Puppy and her fiancé, Eric, both show up mid-speech and awkwardly sit down as Amber waits. Amber's parents were together, had Amber, and then were together until Amber was one, and then they parted ways. They ended up getting back together recently. After the ceremony, Amber goes to hug Puppy. We were reminded that Puppy went back to prison the last season we saw her on for, like, a week. In that time, Eric... You know, he was supposed to go to Vegas with Puppy, but he went to Vegas without her and then flew back only when she got out. It ends up that they actually can't get married now because Eric is still married. Puppy is 100% in love with Eric, but Amber isn't sure if Eric feels the same way about Puppy because he has been supposedly trying to get divorced for the past year, but it hasn't happened yet. Amber also points out that he never visited Puppy when she was in jail. 
Queen, Puppy and Amber's old cellmate, is talking with Eric and Puppy, and she's grilling Eric hard and low-key threatening him. Eric doesn't feel a need to answer questions and thinks everyone should just mind their own business. He just wants to leave because he's uncomfortable. Eric thinks Puppy is easily influenced, and when her friends question their relationship, she also seems to question the relationship. Eric then just takes off, and Puppy has to figure out how to get home. She doesn't think this is a good look, and people will blame Eric and not her. Amber goes to comfort a crying puppy as Puppy just asks her to hold her. In the next episode, Queen Amber and Puppy are all having a ladies' night in a hotel later that night. Puppy is disappointed in Eric, and she says she's in a bad place. Amber says she doesn't seem herself, and she also just doesn't seem happy. She tells Puppy she's beautiful, and she doesn't need to put up with Eric's crap. It ends up that Eric's ex-wife, Heather, isn't willing to grant him a divorce, and their other friend, Stevie, seems to think that he's playing both sides. Puppy starts to cry while her friends all hug her. Eric has asked Puppy to trust him, and she's really trying. Amber then tells Puppy that she has a new boyfriend, TC. They've been dating for a month, and they're already saying they love each other. Amber thinks he might be the one. Puppy doesn't think that he can be that important if she's just hearing about him now. Stevie asks Puppy if she's still in love with Amber, and she doesn't know because love just doesn't go away. During the commercial break, Amber disses Eric's style, saying it's so flashy that it looks fake. And normally she would think it's cute when couples match, but when they do it, it seems a little much. The next morning, Puppy is supposed to be driving back to Atlanta with Eric, and Queen and Amber can't really stay any longer to help her out because they're on a travel pass. Amber has a real talk with Puppy, saying they don't have the most open form of communication, but she, if she needs anything, she's there. Puppy goes back to her hotel room, and Eric's stuff is still there. She calls Amber, who tells her to pack it up, and worst case scenario, if Eric doesn't come back, she'll have her mom call uh, and help her get home. Uh, Eric finally shows up and says he was in the casino. He thinks it was better to do his own thing, and she hadn't called. Puppy demands answers about the divorce because she feels like they're just in limbo. Eric tries to hug it out, and she ends up caving and forgiving him. All right, so why is Puppy with this dude? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, because he did. She still seems into Amber, right? Yes. But... Like is it also seems to be like, but I know that's not going to work. Like right. and it's trying to do something else, and why this dude is the is the answer? I don't know because he seems to have a way, like with it. Because you're right, it's like she's really upset, she's mad, she's doing all this stuff, and then like he just like s- grabs her and like cuddles her, and she's like, "I'm done. That's it. I forgive him. Like it's it's all it's <laughs> well, no, no. She did push him away for like a second, and then it was like, "Oh, okay, I'm caving." Yeah, it, it, it yeah, because he doesn't really explain anything. He doesn't no, really he talk. Doesn't. He doesn't communicate. Like I don't understand. No, I know. I just feel bad for her because I feel that I don't know if it's low self esteem feeling like she can't do any better than Eric, but it's just like, she's just decided that this is her guy and she's going to stick it out no matter how terrible the situation is. Because 
That should tell you a lot. He abandoned her. She had no idea how she was going to get back home. And she's on probation still. Now, granted, he didn't actually abandon her so she can get back to Atlanta. But that's still like, and all her friends think that he's some asshole that just like ditched her. And they were all worrying and trying to figure out how to get her home, too. Yeah, because they just assumed he just headed on back to Atlanta, just got in the car and started driving. Um I mean, which I mean, she should have known it was weird that she didn't like check the room for his stuff like right. before she went to bed, before she went, mm-hmm. had that, you know, drunken thing and then stayed and slept in the room like that was because he would think the same thing. Imagine he came back to the room and wasn't at the casino. He'd yeah. be like, well, I don't know where she went. Like now she's gone. Right. Because it was and it was like in the same hotel. I was very confused about this whole this whole arrangement. Yeah, they didn't really make it super clear, but it seems like after watching, you know, the entire episode that it seems like they were just all staying in the same hotel that, you know, Queen Amber and their friend Stevie were all in one room and Puppy was in another room with her uh, fiance, Eric. And then Puppy never went back there because they were just probably having too good of a time drinking. You know, she was trying to forget. And also, just quite honestly, she probably felt really upset and lonely that Eric left her there. Yeah. Yeah. But she didn't know. I guess she would have checked. We just didn't get the part where she checked the room and like checked in the room. And it's like all we got was. And I don't even know the way he said it. Did she even text him to be like, yo, where are you? It doesn't seem like like she did. And, you know, and that's so I don't know, like, how much were you even trying? And so I kind of get it on on his part, too. Like, I also get I get why he didn't want to be in that wedding anymore at that wedding anymore, because it did seem like everybody's like, dude, like nobody likes me here. They're all just like asking me, like, were you here for the right reasons? And I'm like, this is I, I, I well, no, like I'm one person. That. I felt like he wasn't getting attacked by everyone. It was literally Queen. And I felt like the questions she was asking him were absolutely fair. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that he hasn't even really talked to Puppy about those things. And that's why it was even more difficult for him to talk to someone that wasn't his partner. Yeah. But those are like things that need to be very clear when you're like married. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like, yes, why is your divorce not final yet is a yeah. pretty important thing to have a handle on and to be choice about it. Because, yeah, because it could be that, oh, yeah, she's denying him the divorce. But is there things he could be doing to move that along that he's not doing? Right. And he's just right. kind of waiting for her to decide to grant him the divorce. Because a divorce is one of those things that, you know, to get married, two people have to want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. To get divorced, only one person does. Sure. Uh, and the divorce is going to happen. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you're getting divorced. Yeah. But they, but you do, it, it does take more steps. And it is more difficult when one person is not involved and doesn't want to do it. But it's going to happen as long as yeah. the one person does what they need to do. And I don't know that he is either. And he's not being communicative and clear enough that he's doing what he needs to do. Because, yeah, it's very concerning if you're like, well, if you – or want to be divorced and you want to marry me, why are you not doing the things that have to happen to make it happen? Right. Like there, and, there's something there. And quite honestly, I don't know if I would necessarily believe him. And depending on how amicable this divorce proceeding is going, like I would probably want to get her side of the story too. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, the implication at least that they had is that it's not really a divorce or a separation and she's just a yeah. side chick, right? Yeah. 
Which, yes, Puppy thinks that that is a possibility. So it's like, well, if you really think that, maybe you should, like, have a conversation with her. Mm-hmm. All right. So going on to people who suck at having conversations, let's go to <laughs> Sean and Sarah. So we start with Sarah obviously being mad and Sean not knowing why. Surprise. But it's because she thinks that they had that meeting with his family and she doesn't think things went really well. But Sean is confident that the family's going to come to like her. And, you know, they totally got along with you because you're super laid back. But anyway, speaking of family, Sean says that he wants the rest of his kids to be at the wedding. But that means Kelly would also have to come. So Sarah is fine with the kids coming. In fact, she'd welcome it since she's never actually met them. That is insane to me, by the way. I yeah. said that. Yeah. Like, how are you going to marry somebody you haven't met their children? But anyway, um, she's fine with the kids coming. But Kelly, the ex that's been pissing her off and, and, and calling him constantly, she says that's the most ridiculous thing she's ever heard. But clearly producers know something is up when they're talking about it in an interview because – Sean's making dumb faces mm. and they're just like, why are you making dumb faces, Sean? <laughs> and she's like, I'm not making, I'm not making dumb faces. But anyway, she keeps going on. She thinks that this is, she is Sarah. That if, you know, Kelly wouldn't be there, it would just be, she wouldn't be, if she were to be there, she wouldn't just be able to be peaceful in the audience. She'd try to ruin the whole wedding. And after all, they are his kids too. And well, I don't know. She doesn't understand why he can't just tell her, no, my kids are going to be here at this time. Um, and he has to like ask her for permission. Um, anyway, so she tries to turn the turn the tables and be like, well, should we invite my exes? Or what about <laughs> Destiny? Who Sean says isn't coming, but he isn't entirely sure what's going on because he doesn't know if she's going to be able to track him down or not. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Sarah is still trying to get into the family's good graces. And thankfully, Tina agreed to come for a pre-wedding. I guess it was a pedicure. I don't know. Their feet were in the foot baths. So I assume that was happening afterwards. Yeah. Um, so the communication of things, obviously, to improve things, communication can't go through Sean. Because he's the worst player of telephone in the history of ever. Of ever. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So they sit there with crowns on for some reason, <laughs> trying to clear up um, how, you know, it's all Sean's fault. And that's a good time to go check in with Sean, who's answering a phone call with, from Kelly. So he's trying to get the kids to the wedding, but she's still in the mode where she's like, I'm not going to let them come unless I'm there too. So she accuses him of putting on a dog and pony show, you know, just to kind of seem like a good dad for once. And she doesn't really want to be, want to participate in that. So back with Sarah and she's expressing her concerns with Sean's past, particularly how he had this super long relationship with Kelly and that he never married her and he got was engaged to destiny and she didn't even know about that. And oh yeah. Speaking of deceit, we also go back to Sean and he caves and invites Kelly to the wedding. Oh God. So it's also during this conversation that he drops to Kelly that Sarah is pregnant, which Kelly just is like, Oh, are you kidding me? I can't believe it. Especially when she finds out how far along she is. God. <laughs> so he wants her to come still, though, and is willing to pay her and the kids way. And she's like, oh, can you do that? Give me $500 now. So he's glad it's working out, if that's his definition of working out. <laughs> but he's not excited to tell Sarah about it. So then I think this is when we went to the other episode. It's time to yes. check in with Destiny. Yep. And she gets her own title screen, but we're putting her in here because she's baby shopping with her friend. And then we get a recap of her crazy year. 
She married Jason, which I completely forgot that she had married some I other dude. I did, too. <laughs> I had exactly forgotten. I was like, oh, it's probably his kid. <laughs> right. That makes more sense. Yeah. So she was sent back to prison a few months later, only to split up with Jason after she got released. So she doesn't know how she's going to handle things financially, except she's except to say that she knows that Sean is going to give her money. That's so which weird. Leads to a montage of all the lies and deceit. Um, so she says that he ho- owes her ten thousand the ten thousand dollar ring that he promised um, her, which that's not how engagement work when you're supposed to give back the ring. Um, yeah. For the half of – her half of the car that she – that he had um, repoed, OK. I could give her that one. Yeah. Um, plus essentially wages because she spent time with him. Like for all the time <laughs> she wants wages. She wants a salary or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but right now Sean isn't worried about that because he's scribbling his vows on six pages of a notepad. So he asks about how things went between with Sarah and his sister and she gives him the always scary, is there anything you need to tell me? question and then for him though there we know there's a lot of secrets so when somebody says that to him he's like oh i gotta pick one one out of the hat yeah (laughs) what is it so he tells her that destiny called so she tells us that it was destiny tells us it was like super easy to get his number because he switched his phone number but he didn't block her on social media and all of his social media has his phone number on it so yeah. she just like went to Facebook and got his phone number and he and then comes back to him he's like I have no idea how she got my number she must be a super spy oh god anyway we never said Sean was smart <laughs> so Sarah correctly guesses that Destiny asked for money but also suspects that she's only calling for money because whenever she calls she gets money so then on both ends of this conversation, they kind of hint about her maybe crashing the wedding. Sarah's worried she might. Destiny's in the baby store saying, maybe I'll crash the wedding. <laughs> so in the store, she's able to find. And while she's thinking about this, she literally within like three seconds finds the location of the wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't hard. It was like on. He was. She was like, oh, here's Sean. Oh, in a relationship with, click her Instagram. Oh, there's the location of the wedding. Done. Anyway, so, by the way, uh, oh, yes, back to Sean. He's talking about Destiny. All this while, Sarah doesn't know that Destiny's been released yet. And Sean just lets her keep believing that. God. (laughs) So, what is his plan for when Kelly and Destiny both show up to this wedding and he hasn't told Sarah about either of them? Oh, gosh. I I mean, he has got to tell her that Kelly is coming. I don't think he will. Okay, I don't think he'd (laughs) offer it up. But at the same time, Sarah's going to ask, you know, like, he's going to mention his kids coming. And there's going to be follow-up questions. It's totally going to be, like, just in the seating chart. She's going to be like, oh, yeah, where where are we going to sit Kelly? Uh, Yeah. It's going to come up in some kind of weird way, but she's going to find out. And so, Kelly, I'm not worried about. Uh, Destiny, I don't really get what she's, like, getting at here, right? So, I had mentioned before that when they teased that Destiny was pregnant, we got, like, a, you know, a you know, video of her and she didn't look pregnant. And I kind of take it back because she was wearing plaid and even, you know, this episode Mm -hmm. and like you could tell she's a little pregnant or at least she's got a a little bit of a bump, but she's not huge by any means. Sure. Um, 
But it's like, I don't understand why she's saying that to Sean. Is she saying it to imply that it's his? Is she saying it to try and make him feel guilty, uh, you know, and make her seem more sympathetic? And, you know, so that way she'll get money out of him easier. But I really don't understand her game. Like, I think the only thing she really has rights to is if she's being honest, if she really did pay for half the car. Yeah, she's owed half of that money. Because, you know, well, I don't really know what happens when you repo a car, right? Doesn't it just go back to the bank? The bank doesn't refund you the money that you owed. Yeah, I don't know because it was Sean that had the car towed. And I think and and I don't know because I think it might have been a situation where Sean bought the car himself and then said, this is our car to share. And so she's like, great, half of it's mine. Yeah. So when you sold it, you should have given me half the money for it. Right. Sure. I can sure. see her being in that mindset, especially the mindset. If you're the same person who's in the mindset where it's like, I literally threw the ring back at you. She threw the ring back at him. Yeah. Right. Threw the ring back at him, married somebody else. Right. And then says, you promised me $10,000 for a ring. So I'm going to make sure you owe, you, you owe me that. That's a bind. That's yeah. binding. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Destiny's a little delusional <laughs> when it comes to, but she's desperate. Right. And desperate people get delusional. And I think it's almost like you have to justify in your mind why you're owed this in order to keep going. To keep asking. Right. Because yeah. it has to be, it, you have to be in the right. You can't just be like, I'm going right. to, I mean, if she's honest you have to with believe herself. believe the lie, yeah. you know. It, I mean, I keep. She wants to keep asking him for money because every time she does, he gives him. He he gives her money. Yeah. Right. That that's that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. And that's what that's what Sarah was right. She was like, that doesn't make any sense that she would keep calling if she didn't get money when she called. Hmm. But, yeah, Sarah's a smart one here. Well, I would say Destiny's. She even though she's delusional. I mean, they're both they both outwit and outsmart Sean. Yeah, but that doesn't take much. I think a squirrel can do that. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. (laughs) Just dense. Yeah. All right. Uh, Speaking about cute little things, let's talk about Chaz and Branwen. So Branwen has just finished watching Chaz's band performance, and it ends up she's at Aaron's house. So if you recall, Aaron is her ex, and Branwen doesn't want to tell Chaz because she knows he gets jealous. She's also a little worried that Chaz is tracking her phone. Aaron is clearly not over Branwen, and he feels guilty about how he did her wrong. He then brings up how it's not great to move away from her daughter, and at that moment, Adrian, her daughter, calls. Adrian says it would be best for Branwen to move to an area where she has no contacts. Branwen, no matter what, uh, wants to move somewhere that she could also support Adrian, so she could also move with her. She then asks Adrian what she thinks of Chaz. Adrian doesn't or says she doesn't want to move to Kentucky and she doesn't really say anything about Chaz specifically. Branwen is torn because she doesn't want to go back to her old ways. Later, Chaz and Branwen are all dressed up for a video date to celebrate their one month anniversary. Chaz opens a bottle of champagne and Branwen reminds him that she can't drink on parole and sounds a little bit annoyed about it. They both say they miss each other. Branwen reminds us that she had a panic attack last time they tried to be intimate. Brandon wants to reassure him as his wife, but she feels like Chaz is still a stranger and she's just feeling overwhelmed. Chaz then brings up Aaron and Branwen denies seeing or talking to Aaron. Chaz says he trusts her, but if he found out that Aaron was around, he would think something was going on because Branwen would have lied about it. In the next episode, Chaz's sister, Christine, is helping Chaz pack up some lingerie for his night with Branwen. 
For his birthday, Branwen was granted a night with Chaz, so he's going to fly out to Portland. And then Branwen is stressed out because she needs to finish homework for her class in order not to violate parole. Her friends are all prepping for Chaz's birthday celebration, making posters and putting together balloons. Chaz calls to complain that his flight keeps getting delayed and he's trying to get on another flight. He is disappointed that Branwen is trying to persuade him not to come because it just won't be worth it. Chaz thinks the gods of sex, having sex, hate him. Branwen admits that she is still super nervous to have sex with Chaz and thinks that she just isn't as sexual when she's sober. Branwen and her friends head up to the cabin where they'll be staying that night and decorate. She's nervous that Chaz is only going to be there for a little bit and expect some kind of quickie. He finally shows up at the cabin and Branwen's friends are holding a cake and flowers for Chaz. Her friends want to question him and Tara, Branwen's friend, immediately starts crying, saying they don't want Branwen to leave. Chaz says that he has waited two years to start his life with Branwen. Branwen then, you know, tries to avoid this situation and asks to take a walk with Chaz. Chaz reassures her that he wants her to stay in contact with her friends. He asks if her ideas of moving have changed, and Branwen says she doesn't want to talk about it. They just want to keep it positive and hang out. Chaz is worried that Branwen is having a change of heart about moving due to negative influences. Okay, based on what you have seen, do you think her friends are actually negative influences? I mean, it's hard to not kind of extrapolate. We talked last time about what we know is where the novice goes that they are. Yes. um, Because, yeah, and I think there's – but I think there's little hints of it here and there. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest hint of it is the way all of them react to Chaz. Um, Right. And that like, (laughs) that weenie, like really? You know, yeah. like that kind of thing. That, that seems to be the the general react, the general consensus for them is like, why are you with such a weenie? Like, right. Right. This is not a real this is not somebody who will beat the crap out of somebody for you. Why would you be with them? Like mm-hmm. and, and that they keep. But they say it, they don't say it like that. They're just like, wow, he's pretty different than the guys we usually date, isn't he? And so yeah. those are the kind of people they bring around. And that's the kind of activities they do. Like it just it it it, it I don't think they're. She needs to be clean, right? Yeah. And I don't think they are. I don't think they are either. It makes me sad because they seem like very supportive women and they seem like they genuinely love and care for her. And it does make me sad that it's like, well, it does. you know. It is, is very, very hard to be like, and what right. she needs the most is to not be around this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's hard because you don't believe it's hard, really, really hard to believe that. That right because now now it's like then now now, now it's is it my fault like am I am I hurting her more like things like that and we but we see other people actually struggling with that in this epi- in these episodes oh I know right <laughs> right yeah yeah it's really difficult and I just I also feel like she just really also shouldn't be with Chaz I don't think they're necessarily the same it's not the same question right it's not her friends or Chaz it's really I think neither she should stay away from her friends because if they're you know negative if they're using that was one of her biggest things that Mm kind of landed her where she was that's just not good for her to be around them I don't think she genuinely loves Chaz 
You know, I think she felt differently once she saw him in person. Mm. And, you know, as much as Chaz was so fearful of it, I don't think she is as attracted to him now that she's seen him in person. And I think she is completely freaked out at the idea of being intimate with Chaz in any way. And it's really creating this tension. It's creating, I think it's pushing her into Aaron's arms in ways. Sure. You know, like why else is she hanging out with the ex? It's because I think she already in her mind is like, I'm just not into this guy and I just don't see it happening. Well, yeah. And especially when she's kind of questioning that before, maybe is it just, I'm not like that sexual when I'm sober or is Mm -hmm. it just like, this guy doesn't turn me on. Yeah. Yeah. The latter. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) But that's, but she, and I know if she's trying to convince herself, it's because she's sober and really it's the latter. He just Mm -hmm. doesn't do it for her. And, um, you know, and it just, it, it, it's struggled, but I don't know if it in the situation, it's one of those things that's weird. Like you need to get away from the things that keep the same patterns. Right. Mm-hmm. But it also is immensely stressful and stress leads to use to yeah. like just upend your life and go to somewhere where you have nothing and you have right. no connections and you have, you know, you, all your, and now you're stuck all the time with this, with this guy that you're kind of creeped out by. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it just doesn't, I I mean, and I don't know what, I don't know what to make of Aaron other than like, like, I almost feel like he has to let go more if he really wants to help her, but I don't know if he wants to help her as much as he wants to just have her. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do think he would somehow feel absolved of any previous wrongdoings if he was with her, because I think he would feel like, oh, that's the that's ultimate all, forgiveness. All forgiven. Yep. Everything's mm-hmm. forgiven. She took me back. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's harder now because they're like married, but I don't know. Yeah. It, it was. And and you can see the guy trying hard. It's just like the things he does, even the things he does, the, the champagne tuxedo, mm-hmm. like video call it just doesn't do it for her man no it doesn't yeah all right so speaking of now going to people who for some reason it does do it for them Lindsay (laughs) and Deontay so we come back to Lindsay she's still trying to get TC out of jail despite the protests of Blaine and eventually she solves the problem um by getting a hold of good old Jerry Right. Good old Jerry. Jerry has a license and no warrants. Uh-huh. So she calls Deontay to tell him the situation. And he he doesn't get it. Like, why? Why is this guy your problem? Did you put him in jail? Why are you spending eight hundred dollars that you don't really have to get him out of here? What? Why are so many of your friends dudes? Um, he says he supports the decision, but doesn't understand it. So Lindsay tells us that in order to preserve the relationship, Deontay doesn't know that she can't go bail him out because of all the warrants because he doesn't know about the warrants. So. Lindsay meets up with Jerry at the gas station who goes to the jail only to find out that like whoever took the money is gone and there's nobody to pay. So guess TC is staying in jail tonight. So Blaine tells her he respects her loyalty, but you know, there comes a time for boundaries, especially now that she has a child to take care of and reconnect with. So he also calls and sure about bringing up this situation, this kind of situation with Deontay. And then we see Blaine in an interview saying Deontay has no idea what he's getting himself into. <laughs> so ready or not, Deontay is almost in Mississippi after a 12-hour drive. 
that he didn't even tell his mother about. So he's confident that this is legit, you know, unlike his other one, because she hasn't yet taken any money from him. So then we switch to Lindsay meeting up with her daughter, Miley Grace, who is way taller than the last time we saw her. So she's 12 now and says she's been doing better in school. So they play basketball for a little while and all while Lindsay cries in an interview about, I don't know, she's disappointed in herself and I let my daughter down and I blah, blah, blah. So Miley tells her that she's glad Lindsay is out, but is afraid she's going to mess up again. So even if she is hopeful that this time, she's hopeful that this time she won't mess up. But things quickly change gears to talking about her new boyfriend, Deontay, and making sure that he's more attractive than Scott. But Miley still has a lot of doubts. So soon Gammy, a.k.a. Lindsay's mom, Brenda, comes to pick up Miley. So Lindsay apologizes to Brenda, who doesn't exactly accept it yet. And she also talks a big game about making better choices this time. But Brenda seems to have heard this all before and is very skeptical. So on the second episode, uh, we start with Lindsay doing her hair to meet Deontay for the first time. So her and Deontay are staying in an Airbnb because she's no longer welcome in most of the hotels in town. So, you know, because she dealt drugs out of their hotel rooms is what happened. <laughs> so she's also hoping they can get Jerry back on the phone to bail out TC. And if they can't, the only option might be Deontay, which would definitely be an awkward first date. So he gets there soon enough and she damn near knocks him over with her hug. They both seem really physically into each other. Well, except for his height, which is more than most couples can say. So they go inside to meet Blaine. So Dante sits down awkwardly in the chair to be comfortable. And that involves Lindsay then sits on his lap and they have an awkward conversation about their past. You know, how Blaine was a, a associate and somehow and something about her inflicting bodily harm about people. And is this love worth dying for? So Dante says, I don't know. Well, it must be. Something about crazy that he likes, I guess, which I'll give him that. At least that's true. So they switch gears to talk about what um, where they might set up shop like as a couple. He'd rather be in Virginia. But of course, her daughter being in Mississippi, that's probably going to be better for her. So if that's what it takes, he'd be willing to move down south. So then they get the whole tour of the house. And Deontay is mostly disturbed and a little bit jealous that they share a bathroom. But Lindsay is just concerned that there's just too much testosterone flying around between Deontay and, and Blaine trying to outman each other. All right. So what do you think? I thought Blaine was acting actually super weird. Um, like, well, what yeah, probably because he was high. <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a bunch of like drug dealers here, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's naive of us to think that Blaine and possibly Lindsay are not high in this. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, and that's disappointing. And <sighs> that then you, if, if she is, then you just see it going the same place it always goes, yeah. right? Um, right. And like it's. It, and it's it's disappointing because her daughter is getting old enough that yeah. she's you can see her already start to be like, yeah, my mom's going to she's going to let me down again. Like that's going to happen. And that's well, going to yeah, always I mean, happen. So before they got to the house, I I think maybe what happened was when they got to the house, that's when Blaine started getting high because he was offering some pretty good advice mm -hmm. in the first episode when they were in the car, you know, trying to bring her back to reality. Like, you know, you have a child to think about, like you need to, you know, stop all this. Your daughter is older. She's going to notice you're gone. 
you know, and even bringing up his own experiences with his own kids, Mm -hmm. you know, like he knew how it felt. And it really genuinely seemed like he was giving her honest, like very helpful advice, like trying to put things in perspective. Then when he was at the house, it was just like almost like a whole other person where it's just like, all right. Well, I mean, it just seemed like he was trying to scare off Deontay. Yeah. Like, oh, you don't want any piece of her. She's uh, she's. She's you are not ready. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for everything that's coming? She inflict bodily harm upon you. It was like weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, they could just be playing it up to the camera. Who knows? Sure. Sure. Uh, I was waiting for that. And I'm sure we'll see it on the next episode. Like Lindsay just throwing it in, throwing it out there. Like, help us get our friend TC out of jail. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, it, it, yeah. they're, they hinted at it this time. And they already talked about how they can't find Jerry and she'll absolutely do it. And so it's and that's the difference between like he he keeps looking in between her and I can't remember what his what was the old one's name? His other one, his earlier girl, Deontay's oh, earlier Nicole. girlfriend, Nicole. Nicole. Yeah. Um, like her and Nicole is like Nicole just asked for money, asked for money, asked for money. Whereas Lindsay is going to ask you not for money. She's going to put you in these bad, t- bad situations. Right. Yeah, I think there's a couple differences. I think Lindsay knows how to work it a little bit better. Sure. Yeah. Um, But also it seems like just based on Lindsay just, you know, whipping out $700 in cash on her that she may have a little bit of money. And, you know, it's not that she can't use more. She definitely can use more. But, you know, she's not going to I think she's just going to be more sneaky about it. Yeah, and it's just, I think the trouble with Lindsay isn't necessarily that she's going to take you with everything you you have. Right. As much right. as she's going to snap and she's going to be – she's going to she she's gonna go to these extremes in mm-hmm. your house and, and what you're doing and what and the way she's acting. It's just going to do that. And, she, and I think she takes advantage of people, just not their money. Yeah. Like I think, yes, meeting someone for a first date and being like, dude, bail my friend, bail my friend out of jail. You're bringing somebody else into this whole life that you're trying to get away from. Right. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And just thinking about her history with Scott, you know, I don't I don't remember her demanding money specifically. She demanded things. Yeah. She was upset with Scott when the house wasn't ready. Now, I can't say I really blame her because she was concerned about having a room for her daughter. Right. And that didn't happen. Right. So that's what she was really upset about at the end of the day. Yeah. I just and and the the thing with the the thing with her daughter right now, she just always seems to remember her daughter only when her daughter's in front of her. Like and then you then she's yeah. not there. And it's like all of a sudden you you have a daughter, man. Like, what are you doing? Like and, and she just becomes a completely different person like when the daughter's there she's like i'm gonna change and i'm gonna get better and i feel like i threw this all away and i feel so bad about it and then it's like the daughter leaves and she can't wait to throw it throw it away again right yeah it's it, that, and, yeah and that's so, exactly what's happened and so as a parent that's just super frustrating and it's also to me it reminds me of it just reminds me of the of a of the students that are like i'm gonna study for this test i'm gonna do all my homework <laughs> i'm gonna i'm really gonna turn it around this time and you're like Stop telling me you're going to do it and do it. I'll believe – just do it. Right. I don't need to hear that you're yeah. going to do it. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah, because once it gets hard, it's like, yeah, maybe not. Right. Right. It's like I really yeah. meant to do it this time. It's like, okay. All 
right. Uh, so I guess other drug related things. Let's talk about Chance and Taylor. So Chance is getting ready to take the girls to the father daughter dance. Taylor's youngest, Athena, is able to go with her biological dad. But Taylor's oldest two's fathers passed away. So they're all happy that they get to go to the dance. While the girls are getting ready, Chance pops into the garage to work a little more because he's promised to get the job of fixing up the garage for Bobby done tonight. Chance thinks it's going well because he would live in it. It looks a little raw as things are literally falling over and nothing is painted. The girls ask if Bobby is sleeping in the garage tonight and she just kind of shrugs. They blindfold her and lead her to the garage so she can get a big reveal. She doesn't look happy as Chance is pointing out all the work that still needs to be done. Bobby says usually she would complain about the garage apartment, but she's just appreciating the fact that he's taking the girls to the father-daughter dance because they usually wouldn't be able to go. So she's cutting him some slack. After they all leave, Taylor helps Bobby move some things to the garage. Taylor asks what she really thinks, and Bobby points out the obvious flaws and says she feels like she's still being pushed out of the house. Taylor says she hopes that she'll see they still want her there. Bobby offers to sleep on the couch in her new place, and Taylor says she's welcome back in the house if she gets scared. Taylor is hoping things will be better once Bobby gets used to her new space. In the next episode, Taylor is upset. She speaks cryptically about people not wanting to really change. And it ends up that Bobby had overdosed and Chance claims he kept her alive until the ambulance came. Chance tells Taylor uh, he can't feel, she can't feel responsible for someone else's choices. Taylor feels like Bobby moving into the garage gave her a little too much privacy, which allowed her to start using again without Taylor's knowledge. She doesn't blame Chance because it's not like Bobby became an addict when Chance showed up. Chance can relate to the situation because he says that he's had an extensive drug addiction in the past. Chance wants to help support Bobby, but he also wants to think about how he could have gone back to prison for 15 years. Taylor is upset because the reality is that because of Bobby's drug overdose, Chance could have gone back to prison, her sister could have died, and her kids could have been taken away. All right, so what do you think the next step is when Bobby gets out of the hospital? Do you think that she should move back into the house? Do you think that she should continue living in the garage, rehab, you know, distance, because... I, it seems like she wants to help. Rehab if that's what she wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. Throwing somebody in rehab who doesn't want to be in rehab, it doesn't that, – that never works, right? Right. Um, and, you know, if that's what she wants, but, I mean, this is the parent in me again. Yeah. No, I'm not – you can't – I can't have that in my house with my children. Like, that cannot happen. Yeah. Like, and, and I know – that I might be sacrificing you, like on behalf of my children, for the, then you're gonna make mm-hmm. you are gonna make things a lot more dangerous, a lot worse for you, and I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like if it's between you and my children, it's, that's not a choice. Um, right. That, that's gonna happen. This cannot happen in a house with my children. I, my children came home. You had a, what, what if they got into your drugs? What if like you know? What if they were the ones who yeah. found you? No, this, no, this is not happening around my children. Um, right. But that's that's me as a father. That's how I'm. That's how I protect my children. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, garage would be the best you're getting for me. 
Right. Um, you're not living in my house. Like that's not happening. Um, and 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 it, I think it's so it's so strange to me, and maybe just foreign to me because I, I I mean I've, I've been blessed enough that I don't I don't have this close of a relationship with an addict. Um, mm-hmm. Is that they didn't mention the children for a long time. Right. And that was the immediate first thing I thought of, like, yeah. when it came up. And they were like, it wasn't until the very end when after, um, you know, after Chance was like, well, I could have had to go back to jail. And then she mentioned, oh, he could have brought to jail. Oh, yeah, too. And they threatened to take away my – they said I, they could have taken away my children. Like, right. that would have that been, like – really high up on my list somebody dying first may probably and then taking away my they might have taken away my children that's well, very very high up on my concern list could they have taken the kids away if bobby was taking care of the kids or they could have taken you know her away or the kids away if bobby was just using yeah in the and, same and household as the kids different places I, I assume i don't know the different laws in all the different mm-hmm. places. And, and again, thankfully enough, it's not something that's come up in my life right. that I've had to um, – that I've really had to worry about or, or, or wonder about. Is, is that – is it like – just is it like considered in neglect or in endangerment, endangerment if they're – you know, just have access to the stuff that's just out? Like I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, so they said it was like – obviously it was some sort of opioid because they used the Narcan. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that that's just – stuff there which i was like and i kind of got upset upset about it because it was like the first half of their episode was so funny like yeah oh my gosh the 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 room that he quote unquote built oh my my gosh that was ridiculous like there was a refrigerator on top of a table for some reason there were cupboards like in the random cabinets in in the bedroom yeah he had drywall none of the drywall was mudded none of it was taped like oh no it was just kind of nailed in there haphazardly things were just falling over didn't even have yeah. he had a stack of air conditioners <laughs> like what in the car- didn't even like because i've had i've seen you know if I'm, I'm changing a garage and i get that it was a detached garage now i, right. I thought it was okay yes but usually you don't leave it with the with the garage door still like Attached functional. or functional, yeah, yeah. right. It's just like, and he's like, I've been working on this for weeks, and I was like, How? How have you been working on this for weeks? I know. What does he do again? Does he do some kind of construction? Should we be concerned that this is his skill? I don't even and trade. I don't know, but he made it sound like he knew something about this, and he very clearly does not. Oh no, he was just nailing things together. It very much reminded me of uh the Ron and Tiffany yeah, house. Yeah, it was you know, where it wasn't even at, 90 least, day at least he attempted to paint the floor or something. He's oh, like, oh, yeah. I, well, I guess I'll throw a carpet over there or something. And that was the weird thing to me too, is like Chance just went through the whole place like saying what he was going to fix. And it was like Bobby even said, like, didn't you do this exact same thing with me weeks ago when you told me how it was gonna be different? So now you've d- made a little progress and it's supposed to be done, but you're still telling me all the work that needs to be done. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was so weird. And then he made her sleep out there. I know. I was like, oh, goodness. Yeah. It, this is a disaster. It was, it was very much a disaster. 
Yeah. Actually, so when they were cryptic at the beginning of the um, episode, I was like, oh, gosh, someone relapsed. Yeah, me too. And I thought it yeah. I thought it could have been Chase, to be honest. Oh, OK. Yeah, no, I, I assumed I it was Bobby. He's just as likely as Bobby. <sighs> I feel like Bobby is in and I, I, she just seems like in a more fragile mental state. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, and I think true. they were trying to kind of. Yeah, paint that paint picture that like, like who, is, who it? is it? What happened? Right. Yeah. All right. So next up, um, we have another couple we hadn't seen from. They're only in the second episode. And that is Brittany and Ray. So we see. OK, so we start with Ray getting up to, quote unquote, go to work. But he's putting on like kind of nice clothes and like jewelry and maybe like cologne and stuff. And Brittany just doesn't believe it. He says he's putting in the overtime. He just got a call. He'll go in. He's just going to be sitting in the office so he doesn't have to dress up. But mm, she has her suspicions. So he leaves in such a rush that he actually leaves his phone. But it's definitely not work he's going to. She even calls her friend and is like, Ray just left the house, said he's going to work. But he was all dressed up and didn't have a lunch or anything. And the friend was like, oh, he's not going to work. Um, but obviously it is a fake out. They are not going, he was not going to work. And instead he was going to ask her parents. He showed up in his parents' house to ask for their blessing for marriage. So he, it's weird. Cause he brings in wine and they're like, are you drinking wine in the morning? And he was like, I just mm-hmm. brought it and, you know, kind of asked some and right now the, the, the initial response, the dad asks why now, you know, why, why are you ready to settle down now? And he says, you know, prison made him thinks him, think things over and how he wants to settle down with the right person. And the mom is, you know, Brittany's mom is concerned about the $140,000 restitution that he still has to pay. Um, and also, you know, having to pay for this ring she deserves, which would come after the 140000 restitution, apparently. I don't know. So mom kind of reluctantly gives the uh, you guys are consenting adults and I can't stop you blessing. Whereas dad actually says he's going to reserve his blessing for the marriage. Um which is, you know, I feel like it's kind of a weird thing to do when they're like already basically married and living together anyway. Yeah. So um, Ray is a surprise that that's how it went. If he thought if anybody's going to deserve the blessing that the mom would. And so that he's kind of stuck there. And that's where that's where we end with them. He doesn't know where it's going. So where do you go from here? Like what happens when a parent is like, no, because I assume the plan was to do this and then like propose like today or tomorrow. Right. Like very shortly. Yeah, I mean, when you have a parent that doesn't give a blessing, I feel like that rarely ever happens. But it's like at this point, like in our age of society, it's more so just a courtesy. Yes, it's more like I want to let you know that I am proposing to her tonight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's more of like a, you know, it's just a courtesy to let them know beforehand um, it is somewhat tradition, I think. That's why people ask in the first place. Mm-hmm. But if someone straight up says no, I don't think anyone out there is really going to not propose unless it really meant a lot to them to get approval from that parent. Right. Because I, yeah, I, I would have assumed like if, if that was me, right? And I got the, well, I don't mm-hmm. think you guys are ready yet. I'm going to do it. Was like, well, this is awkward because I was going to propose tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and he's yeah. like, because he didn't say no. He says, I'm going to reserve it for later. And he was like, hmm, I kind of had a plan. 
<laughs> that plan was didn't have any waiting involved here. So like, yeah. And it kind of be like, I don't know if you're like, that's nice, but I was really, this was like a formality that was supposed to happen. You weren't supposed to say right. no. Um, it was just a courtesy me yeah. telling you. <laughs> right. Because yeah. 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 Because that's got to be kind of awkward. Because, I feel like as a parent, being the one to give a blessing, there's got to be a really, really good reason why you would say no. Right. There's got to be something very specific. Right. Right. Like, I, I mean, I honestly feel like I would defer. You know, I would be like, OK, well, as long as whoever my child says yes Right. Then I give I you blessings. Yeah, if, if she says yes, I won't stand in your want. way. <laughs> like, yeah, a kind of a uh, a backhanded, like, you know, mm-hmm. not quite a blessing, but like they're an adult, like similar to right. what the mom like, did. Putting it back on the child like it's really their choice. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's going to that's that's my plan to be my response no matter what is like, well, that's mm-hmm. nice. And thanks for asking me. But it's not my decision, you know? Yeah. Right. But, but yeah, because oh, I agree. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Poor Ray has to deal with this oh, crazy family. I know. He's such a nice dude. <laughs> he is. He's such a nice guy. And you know who else we thought was really nice? And then, you know, maybe yeah. things have not gone down that yeah. way. Marcelino. Yeah, we thought he was one of the good ones, especially because he seemed to be such a doting dad and like very welcoming of that kind of responsibility. But let's move on to Brittany and Marcelino. So Brittany is calling her sister Kayla to vent to her about what happened with Marcelino dropping the kids off at her house showing. It's now seven hours later and she can't seem to get a hold of him. She's wondering what has happened in their marriage that they got to this point. Marcelino finally gets home and when asked where he was, he just kind of says out. He then asks if Brittany closed the deal and she tells him that she couldn't because he showed up and ran away without giving her a heads up or at least five or ten minutes to talk the deal out. He doesn't really respond. So Brittany then asks him if he has anything to tell her. He says no. And she asks to go through his phone. She asks why he's on these websites with naked pictures and porn. She doesn't care that he watches porn, but when he's doing that and their sex life is suffering, she takes it very personally. Brittany tells Marcelino that she's alone, depressed, and is feeling unwanted and unloved as she cries. Brittany asks him just to tell her he's done and let her have a little bit more dignity so she can walk away if that's how he really feels. Brittany says he's doing her wrong and she wants him to admit if he doesn't love her or want her. He just says he's not stepping out on her. Later, Brittany and Marcelino go to therapy. Brittany says they've hit a rough patch. Marcelino says he's a full-time stay-at-home dad, so Brittany can pursue her real estate career. Brittany thinks Marcelino got bored of her, and something seems to have shifted. Marcelino tells us that having a threesome was difficult because he saw how into Amanda Brittany was. Brittany starts to sob and says that she's just so sad all the time. Marcelino is pretty stoic as Brittany pours out how she feels. In the next episode, Marcelino is taking the car through the car wash and Brittany asks to get out so she can make some work calls. Marcelino, meanwhile, takes this moment of privacy to start texting someone to talk about his relationship. Marcelino is acting very short with Brittany and she comments on how she fell in love with his kindness, patience and loyalty, which she just isn't seeing anymore. Later, Brittany and Marcelino debrief their therapy session where Marcelino says he thinks it was a step in a positive direction. 
He says that at the end of the day, he wants to work things out and wants things to be better. And even if it seems like he didn't want to go to therapy, he didn't actually run away. Brittany thinks that Marceline is all over the place and she doesn't really know what to think. Later, Brittany is complaining to her girlfriends about her relationship. Her threesome partner, Amanda, is there as well, and she shows her a text she got from Marcelino. She says she thought it was from the both of them. Marcelino had asked Amanda if they could have another round at a threesome and was very flirty about it. Brittany is deeply shocked and disappointed. All right, so Marcelino kind of had hinted that the threesome definitely was the start of, you know him having doubts about their relationship because, you know, he thought that Brittany wasn't into him. But then he's asking Amanda for another one. So what do you really think is the truth here? Do you think he's concerned that Brittany's into Amanda? Do you think that, you know, he just wants to try it again? I I don't really know what to think. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure either because, yes, he definitely, I mean, explicitly said, like, It was because Mm -hmm. when they were doing it, she seemed more into Amanda than into him. Right? Yes. Which. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's one of those things. It's like, yeah, because she's the one that's not there all the time. Like, that's the new thing. Right. Aren't you going to be like just it'd be weird to like go through all this time and effort to have, you know, bring somebody else in. Only to be mm-hmm. like, but I'm going to pay attention to the person that I'm with all the time. Anyway, like that's where yeah. I'm getting all my attention. That seems maybe it seemed like a weird expectation, but kind of seems like he was into Amanda, too. Like, yeah, like and I don't know if maybe yeah, to put it this way. Maybe he wasn't really um, being truthful when he said, oh, it seemed like Brittany wasn't into him enough as much as it was like. He had some experience with another woman and he enjoyed the other woman more. And that's right. that's the mm. thing that that's the thing that threw everything off. And like he doesn't know how to how to deal with those feelings instead of, um, you know, because then that makes kind of make patterns of what it is. He kind of withdrew withdraws from Brittany because that's like not doing it for him as much anymore. And like right. wants to call this other girl and like, you know, hook, you know, well, make I it don't think again. it's Amanda. Whoever this other girl is, because quite honestly, like he would have to be an idiot to be oh, like, no, 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 oh, no, well, no, I'm no. Gonna, I mean, but he did yeah. text Amanda without her knowing, trying to get Amanda back in bed. Right. Like we know. Right. That. Right. But at the same time, like proposing it as a threesome again, because he can't just with Amanda, because that's more Britney's girl anyway, at the end of the day. Right. So she's going to be loyal to Britney. You know, right, if right. And he that's... tried anything shady, you know, he's, she's going to run and tell her. Yes. But yes. And then there is this other woman who is who knows? Well, you know, we don't know. We don't know who this is um, that he's texting in the <sighs> car wash or whatever. I don't know. That was. I know. I don't know. I feel like a lot of their drama is very contrived. Yeah. Like, I would not be surprised if this is for some reason he's texting the therapist. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, (sighs) I say that and you're right, because it could be very contrived because it didn't. It seemed like you don't go from being the person that he usually is to Mm -hmm. uh, get out of the car if you want to make a phone call. And then when you're out of the car wash, hang up the phone and get in the car. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, that just that who acts like that, that it, it does seem it, that's and that, those are the kind of scenes that that seems like too far. It's not like he doesn't right. even like ask or hesitate. He's just like, get the car now. Get out of the car now. Move. 
Right. Like it, it, it doesn't seem like him at all. Yeah. So, I mean, he started off by the way of Ray where you're like, oh, this seems like a decent guy. And, you know. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's. uh, Yeah. It was funny because I was trying to like they read most of it, like all the stuff they said. And I was like, what? I blank in, but the bank in between blank and like then they read it out loud. I thought it was funny because I was like, <laughs> I was like really going through and like, oh, oh, they're not gonna read all these messages. I'm gonna like decode them and pause it and like write them down. And then they read them all out loud. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, that's everybody then, right? Everybody. Uh, oh, you, yes. yes, you talked about Ray and Brittany. Yes. Yeah, so that is everyone. That is everybody. All right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. So two episodes, a lot of stuff going on. Right. Um, okay. So out of the two episodes, who was your uh, student of the week? I went with Ray just because we like Ray. <laughs> yes, we do doing like the Ray. Right thing. And it was funny because he's still, Ray can't, I don't think Ray can cheat on Brittany because he's an awful, awful liar. Like, I'm going to work. Yeah. You're dressed up like you're going out somewhere nice. Yeah, work. That's right. Did you bring a lunch? Nah. Like, he's just not good at it. He is terrible at lying. Yeah. he's n- And also, forget about that. Brittany is the, like the way she interrogates. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. she's going to break you down. Yes. Yes. She's going to want details. Like, she's going to, oh, no, we're going to, oh, did that what you told me before? Yeah, it's very, very good interrogator. But, you know, doing the right thing and reminding me that, oh, yeah, there is people on the show that I, I still kind of like. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, what about your duds? Well, we went with it right there, Marcelino. Like, yeah, this is just dumb. Like, everything he's doing is dumb. Like, and especially, especially the thing, especially the Amanda thing. Like, you know that's going to come back to Brittany. Like, you know, because you're right. You're right. Yeah, that is her girl. And like, I don't think like I, yes, trying to set up a threesome or whatever, but. I don't know. It was it, it's definitely not something you know it's not something you can do without discussing it first. All right. Um okay, so I went with Eric. Yeah. Because it you know, it's like he was I get it that he was uncomfortable because basically these women are questioning his relationship. So what does he do? He does something to make everyone question the relationship even more. Yeah. I think this guy's so a little like shady and and isn't 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 all in. And it's like, what happened to him? Yeah, he just walked out and went to a casino. Like that makes me think he's right. shady and not all in. <laughs> yes, right. So it's just like you're not making the case for yourself. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? All right. So life lesson is, you know, I I kind of said it already, but it's like intentions are nice and all, but you know what you say and do are pretty meaningless if you don't follow through. Like. And that that's right. direct. It was directly Lindsay that made me think of that. But I mean, we see it from everybody. Like, oh, I'm gonna do that, or Chance too, right? Oh, I'm gonna make this great, this great room. It's gonna be. Oh, I was gonna be so great. I would live in it. And it's like no follow through. Like, and without follow through, nobody believes you. Ne- next time you say something. Yeah. Um, okay, so my life lesson uh, actually was kind of random. Uh, it has to do with Amber not talking about her boyfriend. Okay. Uh, so Puppy assumes because Amber hasn't talked about her boyfriend that, you know, he can't be that important to her. Whereas Amber is on the, you know, telling us that this guy might be the one. 
Um, you know, sometimes you just got to give people their space, especially when it comes to their relationships, because I know for myself personally, I stop talking about my relationships and I most certainly never post about a relationship on social media. It's kind of like a standard MO thing for me now. And it's mostly because, you know, I, I in a weird way, I don't want to jinx it. Mm-hmm. And so just because I haven't mentioned it to anyone doesn't mean I don't think of it seriously. So you just got to give people their privacy. And I don't think that how much they talk about something is any indication about how serious they are. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, fair. Yeah. All right. So uh, I have switched back to sling. There was a whole drama there where I didn't have it for a while. So I'll, I'll see how their DVR is. <laughs> uh, hopefully my DVR will function enough for it to pick up next week. So we will be back again next yes, week next with week. the next episode. Next week with, next ep- with one episode next time. Yes. Yes. One episode next time. All right. Until then. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Good.